I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Ezekiel chapters 24 through 27. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In Ezekiel chapter 24, we begin with a cooking metaphor. Verse 1. Again in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, write down the name of the day, this very day. The king of Babylon started his siege against Jerusalem this very day. And utter a parable to the rebellious house, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Put on a pot, and set it on, and also pour water into it. Gather pieces of meat in it. Every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder, filled with choice cuts. Take the choice of the flock. Also pile fuel bones under it. Make it boil well and let the cuts simmer in it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is in it, and whose scum is not gone from it. Bring it out piece by piece on which no lot has fallen. For her blood is in her midst. She set it on top of a rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it with dust, that it may raise up fury and take vengeance. I have set her blood on top of a rock, that it may not be covered. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city! I, too, will make the pyre great. Heap on the wood, kindle the fire, cook the meat well, mix in the spices, and let the cuts be burned up. Then set the pot empty on the coals, that it may become hot and its bronze may burn, that its filthiness may be melted in it, that its scum may be consumed. She has grown weary with lies, and her great scum is not gone from her. Let her scum be in the fire, in your filthiness is lewdness, because I have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed. You will not be cleansed of your filthiness any more, till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not hold back, nor will I spare, nor will I relent, according to your ways and according to your deeds. They will judge you, says the Lord God. Well, we have a date and a new set of prophecies here. The date is December, January, 589, 588 B.C., according to verse 1. The rendering there is based upon the length of captivity of Jehoiakim, who was taken to prison in Babylon. This is the day that the siege of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar began over 600 miles away, as the crow flies 850 miles over land, that siege on Jerusalem. Remember, Ezekiel lived in Babylon with the exiles already at this point in time. The exiles to whom Ezekiel was prophesying would have no way of knowing the siege had begun so far away for quite some time, but Ezekiel had supernatural knowledge from God. It would take a couple of years for Jerusalem to actually fall, which happened in 586 B.C. On this day, Ezekiel is told to cook. Ezekiel did a lot of object lessons. Here's the way it boils down, <laughs> pun intended. The pot is Jerusalem. The choice cuts of meat are the inhabitants. The fire is the Babylonian army. In verse 6, we see the pot has scum in it. 
That's a reference to rust or some other residue making it inappropriate for cooking. The scum represents the corruption of the people in Jerusalem. Since the meal cooked in a scummy pot is yucky, if that's acceptable in a podcast, it is yucky, Ezekiel empties the contents out into the fire. That means that Jerusalem is breached. So the iron pot represents the safety of the city of Jerusalem. Remember that the Assyrians, over a hundred years earlier, could not breach the city of Jerusalem, though they tried for months. This time, however, the contents of the pot, being the people in Jerusalem, they will be exposed to the judgment fire, being the enemy army. Then we have a very sad object lesson in verses 15 through 27. Verse 15, Also the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke, yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh in silence, make no mourning for the dead. Bind your turban on your head and put your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your lips and do not eat man's bread of sorrow. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died, and the next morning I did as I was commanded. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things signify to us, that you behave so? Then I answered them, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Speak to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your arrogant boast, the desire of your eyes, the delight of your soul, and your sons and your daughters, whom you left behind, shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat man's bread of sorrow. Your turban shall be on your heads, and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities, and mourn with one another. Thus Ezekiel is assigned to you, according to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes you shall know that I am the Lord God. And you, son of man, will it not be in the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy and their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that on which they set their minds, their sons and their daughters? On that day one who escapes will come to you to let you hear it with your ears. On that day your mouth will be opened to him who has escaped." You shall speak and no longer be mute. Thus you will be assigned to them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. These are very sad verses. First of all, realize what a lonely life Ezekiel must have had. Virtually nobody seemed to like him, well, except for Mrs. Ezekiel. He'd go out in the mornings to warn the people of the exile about their corruption and that of the corruption of the people in Jerusalem. But they didn't listen to him. They hated Ezekiel, hated the truth, of course. It must have been a great comfort to come home each day to a wife who cared for him. But one day he gets this word from God. As a sign, I'm taking your wife from you. Talk about why, Lord. Ezekiel's commanded by God to handle this great, great loss without the customary acts of mourning. And that's to be an example to the exiles for when they realize that their sacred temple in Jerusalem along with their relatives, have been lost in the siege on Jerusalem. So the sad verse is verse 18. It says, So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died, and the next morning I did as I was commanded. Now that is commitment. Then we see a word about Ezekiel's neighbors in Ezekiel chapter 25. 
The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord God, because you said, Aha, against my sanctuary when it was profaned, and against the land of Israel when it was desolate, and against the house of Judah when they went into captivity. Indeed, therefore, I will deliver you as a possession to the men of the east, and they shall set their encampments among you and make their dwellings among you. They shall eat your fruit, and they shall drink your milk. And I will make Rabbah a stable for camels, and Ammon a resting place for flocks. Then you shall know that I am the Lord." For thus says the Lord God, because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced in heart with all your disdain for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples, and I will cause you to perish from the countries. I will destroy you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because Moab and Seir say, Look, The house of Judah is like all the nations. Therefore, behold, I will clear the territory of Moab of cities, of the cities on its frontier. The glory of the country, Beth Jeshemoth, Baal Meon, and Kirjathaim. To the men of the east I will give it as a possession, together with the Ammonites, that the Ammonites may not be remembered among the nations. And I will execute judgments upon Moab, and they shall know that I am the Lord." Thus says the Lord God, because of what Edom did against the house of Judah by taking vengeance, and as greatly offended by avenging itself on them, therefore thus says the Lord God, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom, cut off man and beast from it, and make it desolate from Teman, Dedan, shall fall by the sword. I will lay my vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel, that they may do in Edom according to my anger and according to my fury." and they shall know my vengeance, says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God, because the Philistines dealt vengefully and took vengeance with a spiteful heart to destroy because of the old hatred, therefore thus says the Lord God, I will stretch out my hand against the Philistines, and I will cut off the Carathites and destroy the remnant of the seacoast. I will execute great vengeance on them with furious rebukes, and they shall know that I am the Lord, when I lay my vengeance upon them. Well, Ezekiel here prophesies the fall of all of Jerusalem's neighbors. Ammon in verses 1 through 7, the Ammonites were the neighbors of Israel that lived on the east side of the Jordan next door to the tribe of Gad. Nebuchadnezzar conquered Ammon in the fifth year after the destruction of Jerusalem. Jeremiah prophesied their fall also in Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 6. Then verses 8 through 11 prophesy the demise of Moab and Seir. This was the land east of the Jordan above Edom and below Ammon. Nebuchadnezzar conquered that whole region. Jeremiah prophesied their fall also in Jeremiah chapter 48. Then we have Edom in verses 12 through 14. These are Esau's descendants. They lived southeast of Israel with a long history of hatred toward Israel. Edom had a long, colorful history with Israel, going all the way back to Jacob and Esau. Edom was Esau's nickname. Jeremiah prophesied their fall also in Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 7 through 22. And the prophet Obadiah dedicated his whole prophecy to their anticipated fall. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel dedicates another whole chapter to the prophecy of their fall in Ezekiel chapter 35. Then there's Isaiah chapter 11, Daniel chapter 11, Amos chapter 2, 
and Malachi chapter 1, all of these containing prophecies against Edom. And then finally, in verses 15 through 17, a prophecy against Philistia. This territory was down on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, where modern-day Gaza is located today. It was always a troublesome territory to Israel. The Philistines gave Israel fits. Isaiah also briefly prophesied their fall in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 28 through 32. The prophet Amos had also prophesied against all of these nations 150 years or so earlier in Amos chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, down to chapter 2, verse 3. Then in chapter 26 of Ezekiel, we have the anticipated fall of Tyre, verse 1. And it came to pass in the eleventh year on the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken, who was the gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me, I shall be filled, she is laid waste. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and will cause many nations to come up against you, as the sea causes its waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. It shall become plunder for the nations. Also her daughter villages, which are in the field, shall be slain by the sword. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings with horses, with chariots, and with horsemen, and an army with many people. He will slay with the sword your daughter villages in the fields. He will heap up a siege mound against you, build a wall against you, and raise a defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and with his axes he will break down your towers." Because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen and wagons and the chariots when he enters your gates as men enter a city that has been breached. With the hooves of his horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. I will put an end to the sound of your songs, and the sound of your harp shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place for spreading nets, and you shall never be rebuilt, for I, the Lord, have spoken it, says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to Tyre, Will the coastlands not shake at the sound of your fall when the wounded cry? When slaughter is made in the midst of you, then all the princes of the sea will come down from their thrones, lay aside their robes, and take off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground, tremble every moment, and be astonished at you. And they will take up a lamentation for you and say to you, How you have perished, O one inhabited by seafaring men, O renowned city! who was strong at sea, she and her inhabitants, who caused their terror to be on all her inhabitants. Now the coastlands tremble on the day of your fall. Yes, the coastlands by the sea are troubled at your departure. For thus says the Lord God, when I make you a desolate city, like cities that are not inhabited, when I bring the deep upon you and great waters cover you, 
Then I will bring you down with those who descend into the pit to the people of old, and I will make you dwell on the lowest part of the earth in places desolate from antiquity with those who go down to the pit so that you may never be inhabited, and I shall establish glory in the land of the living. I will make you a terror, and you shall be no more. Though you are sought for, you will never be found again, says the Lord God. Well, we see from verse 1 that this prophecy in chapters 26 through 28 was pronounced against Tyre while the siege of Jerusalem was in process in the 11th year, 586 B.C. This date is based upon the captivity of Judah's King Jehoiakim in Babylon. Tyre was a city just north of Israel on the coast, a big port city in today's Lebanon. It was an independent, booming trade city. The next three chapters are going to be the prophecy concerning the total devastation of Tyre by Nebuchadnezzar's army. It would appear from verse 2 that the inhabitants of Tyre were getting a good bit of satisfaction out of the impending fall of Jerusalem. But the same fate shall befall them. So, Tyre, in response to your aha in verse 2, this is for you. Nah, 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 nah. Incidentally, Isaiah prophesied their fall also in Isaiah chapter 23, verses 1 through 18, along with Amos in Amos chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Then we find the city of Tyre again addressed by Ezekiel in chapter 27, verse 1. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Now, son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyre, and say to Tyre, You are situated at the entrance of the sea, merchant of the peoples on many coastlands, thus says the Lord God. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the midst of the seas. Your builders have perfected your beauty. They made all your planks of fir trees from Sinar. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make you a mast. Of oaks from Bashan, they made your oars. The company of Asherites have inlaid your planks with ivory from the coast of Cyprus. Fine embroidered linen from Egypt was what you spread for your sail. Blue and purple from the coast of Elisha was what covered you. Inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your oarsmen. Your wise men, O Tyre, were in you. They became your pilots. Elders of Gebal and its wise men were in you to caulk your seams. All the ships of the sea and their oarsmen were in you to market your merchandise. Those from Persia, Lydia, Libya were in your army as men of war. They hung shield and helmet in you. They gave splendor to you. Men of Arvad with your army were on your walls all around, and the men of Gamad were in your towers. They hung their shields on your walls all around. They made your beauty perfect. Tarshish was your merchant because of your many luxury goods. They gave you silver, iron, tin, and lead for your goods. Javan, Tubal, and Meshach were your traders. They bartered human lives and vessels of bronze for your merchandise. Those from the house of Togarma traded for your wares with horses, steeds, and mules. The men of Dedan were your traders. Many isles were the market of your hand. They brought you ivory tusk and ebony as payment. Syria was your merchant because of the abundance of goods you made. They gave you for your wares emeralds, purple, embroidery, fine linen, corals, and rubies. Judah and the land of Israel were your traders. They traded for your merchandise, wheat of Mineth, Melet, honey, oil, and balm. 
Damascus was your merchant because of the abundance of goods you made, because of your many luxury items, and the wine of Helbon, and with white wool. Dan and Javan paid for your wares, traversing back and forth. Wrought iron, cassia, and cane were among your merchandise. Dedan was your merchant in saddle cloths for riding. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your regular merchants. They traded with you in lambs, rams, and goats. The merchants of Sheba and Ra'amah were your merchants. They traded for your wares the choicest spices, all kinds of precious stones and gold. Haran, Cana, Eden, the merchants of Sheba, Assyria, and Kilmod were your merchants. These were your merchants in choice items and purple clothes and embroidered garments, in chest of multicolored apparel, in sturdy woven cords which were in your marketplace. The ships of Tarshish were carriers of your merchandise. You were filled and very glorious in the midst of the seas. Your oarsmen brought you into many waters. But the east wind broke you in the midst of the seas, your riches, wares, and merchandise, your mariners and pilots, your caulkers and merchandisers, all your men of war who are in you, and the entire company which is in your midst will fall into the midst of the seas on the day of your ruin. The common land will shake at the sound of the cry of your pilots. All who handle the oar, the mariners, all the pilots of the sea will come down from their ships and stand on the shore. They will make their voice heard because of you. They will cry bitterly and cast dust on their heads. They will roll about in ashes. They will shave themselves completely bald because of you, gird themselves with sackcloth, and weep for you with bitterness of heart and bitter wailing. In their wailing for you, they will take up a lamentation and lament for you what city is like Tyre, destroyed in the midst of the sea, when your wares went out by sea, you satisfied many people. You enriched the kings of the earth with your many luxury goods and your merchandise. But you were broken by the seas and the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and the entire company will fall in your midst. All the inhabitants of the isles will be astonished at you. Their kings will be greatly afraid and their countenance will be troubled. The merchants among the peoples will hiss at you. You will become a horror and be no more forever. Well, we started reading about Tyre in chapter 26. This city is located just above Israel between Israel and Lebanon. Tyre was its own city-state, sort of like Jerusalem after Judah fell. It was a big trade city with the best of everything. Notice the long list of their trading partners in this prophecy. Tyre had fallen to Assyria, but had regained its independence simply because Assyria had too much on its plate to keep its whole empire in check, as Assyria was at that time on the decline. Well, hang on, Tyre. You're about to meet the Babylonians. As a matter of fact, the cities and nations with whom Tyre had been doing business, they'll turn on them, possibly out of a fear of the Babylonians. Tyre in this chapter is presented as an overloaded ship that was sunk by the east wind of Babylonia. It's an interesting metaphor, don't you think? By the way, we're still not finished with Tyre. Ezekiel chapter 28, which we'll read tomorrow, is dedicated to these people also. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. 
The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.